welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Casey Murray. And I'm Jack Anstein. On today's episode, we'll hear from Mission Control, a startup accelerator headquartered in Columbia that recently launched a new university partnership program last month. And later, we'll hear about one Missouri Pilates business that's expanding, even as other gyms and fitness studios have struggled to survive the pandemic. Plus, we'll have the week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. So Jack, do you have any fun weekend plans? Not at all. I'll mainly just be doing homework. How about you? I am very excited because I'll be getting the vaccine this weekend. Oh, that's super exciting. My mom just got it the other week um, with her first dose. Are you getting Moderna or Pfizer? I'm getting the Moderna vaccine um, because that's what MU Health has available this weekend. That's great. Um, I'm young and I have no pre-existing health conditions, so I'm sure I'll be last in line to get it. But once I'm able to, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm diabetic, so I got to kind of hop the other 22-year-olds. But with that, let's get to the headlines. Kansas City tech startup Triple Blind has raised $8.2 million in its oversubscribed seed round. The round was led by Dolby Family Ventures and also attracted investment from Kansas City area investors, Casey Rice Fund, and Flyover Capital. The company, which was founded in 2015, makes digital privacy software that allows for sending sensitive information in a protected fashion. During the pandemic, the company has helped create contact tracing methods that don't violate a user's privacy. First Boulevard, a Kansas City area banking startup, has raised $5 million in seed funding. Their concept is a new one that's just beginning to see growth, digital banks. These banks work electronically and don't have a traditional storefront. First Boulevard is also geared toward the African-American community, with a mission of closing the funding gaps and predatory banking practices that have historically impacted communities of color. First Boulevard raised money from Barclays, Anthemis, and a group of angel investors, including actress Gabrielle Union. Columbia-based virtual reality company Helium is one of five startups that's been chosen for the spring cohort at Stadia Ventures, an accelerator targeting sports-related startups. Helium makes personalized virtual reality experiences that are designed to reduce stress. Stadia, which is based in Webster Groves, invests up to $100,000 in companies and puts founders through a business development program. The Missouri Technology Corporation is accepting applications for two IDEA Fund co-investment programs. One, Missouri Tech Launch, supports technology startups through matching equity or investments of up to $100,000. The other, Seed Capital, supports companies in developing technology with matching equity or investments of up to $500,000. Applicants must be based in Missouri be in the seed or pre-seed financing stage, and fit into one of the company's five areas of focus. Animal health, plant science, biomedical science, applied engineering, and defense and homeland security. The deadline to apply is April 5th. The Economic Development Corporation of Kansas City is disseminating $80,000 in funds to nonprofits led by African Americans in the city. The grants are intended to help provide economic relief to organizations struggling during the pandemic. Nine organizations have received grants ranging from five to $10,000. More than one of the recipients intends to use the funds to help support other businesses and provide coaching.
Let's now take a look at Mission Control, a Missouri accelerator focused on early stage startups and provides them with guidance, legal and HR services, and more. The accelerator is focused on companies working in what it calls deep tech, which is technology that provides solutions to scientific or engineering problems. It launched last year during the pandemic. I feel like we've definitely seen a lot of accelerators and startups taking big swings over the past year. Definitely, and Mission Control also has a university program partnership with the University of Missouri and with Washington University in St. Louis, which connects students to startups. Interesting. What are the major goals of the program? The program not only aims to help provide students with experience working with startups, but it also works to connect businesses to a talent pipeline. I spoke with some of the people involved in the project to learn more. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit the Midwest last March, it had an impact on businesses all across Missouri. However, it didn't stop many startups and accelerators from continuing to build up Missouri's entrepreneurial ecosystem. Last year, Mission Control, an incubator headquartered in Columbia was formed. Mission Control works with early stage startups focused on the future of mobility, space and food technology companies, and more. Managing Director Phil Budding explained how the accelerator came to be. You know, as, as you'll remember last March, uh, we were plunged into this pandemic and uh, COVID obviously acted as a catalyst for innovation across a lot of sectors. And I think kind of spurred a lot of people to take big jumps. Uh, one of those people uh, is a guy named Jay Malik. Malik initially approached Budding about raising funds together, but after some discussion, the idea for Mission Control was born. He asked me if I would help him uh, do some fundraising, get capital committed. And through that, we basically arrived at the idea of building out sort of a more operationally focused incubator. So we wanted to both create something that would add value for our portfolio companies while also kind of democratizing access to the industry for Midwestern students. One company on Mission Control's portfolio is Avant Meats, a Hong Kong-based startup that uses cell technology to sustainably produce fish products. Co-founder Carrie Chan said her connections with the team at Mission Control have opened up a number of avenues for her business. Uh, we get to be connected to a lot of um, uh, investors who are also uh, people in the related um, field that we are doing like agri-tech and food tech who are based out of US. So that offer a lot of um, uh, very useful and very valuable connection one way or the other. So this kind of connection is super helpful for us down the line um, to start um, considering and working uh, potential uh, collaborations on that front. Budding with Mission Control said the incubator offers startups input and feedback from an advisory board of experts. Mission Control also provides its portfolio with outsourced resources that early stage companies may not have the ability to provide for themselves, such as legal, HR, and accounting services. In addition to these services, Budding said one major factor that sets Mission Control apart is the university program that the incubator launched last month that connects students to startups. We have university partnerships right now just with University of Missouri and with Washington University in St. Louis, but we're basically acting as kind of a infrastructure node by which these students can uh, access early stage opportunities, be paired with one of our portfolio companies and output meaningful work product over the course of a semester. Uh, so on the student side, they're getting sort of meaningful exposure to, you know, a startup team, what it's like to just be uh, in the trenches with these founders. It's sort of a pivotal point for the product and the vision. And on the company side, they're getting to tap into sort of a talent pipeline that's more difficult for them to reach than, uh, you know, coastal talent, because predominantly we have a coastal portfolio. 
Betting said the experiences the program offers is more valuable now than ever due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. I think that right now, a lot of kids are, I mean, not, not just students, really just any, anyone in the world, you know, they're sort of experiencing like a bit of an existential malaise, like they're just, you know, there's less to do. People are looking for things to fill the time, new avenues to throw themselves into. And so in that sense, coming on as kind of an extracurricular, uh, it was really well-timed because a lot of, a lot of students are just left with more time on their hands and uh, couple that with the kind of you know, volatility that we've seen in the job market. And I think offering sort of experiential learning opportunity during COVID is uh, actually a benefit to us. Mission Control has plans to make the program accessible to more students from different fields. I think what we would like to see is both an expansion of and deepening of the university partnerships. Uh, the long-term goal is to make it fully interdisciplinary. Right now, it's obviously catering more towards business students um, because that's sort of the easiest node by which to access kids who are really entrepreneurial, um, interested in starting their own thing or getting experience in an early stage. Looking towards the future, Mission Control also hopes to expand to more universities across the Midwest. So longer term, we want to expand sort of across uh, the St. Louis community and then also across the Midwest to a larger cohort of universities. And second degree, once we've done that, we'd like to sort of spur innovation and entrepreneurship in the Midwest, uh, both by setting up pitch competitions, opening up possibilities for funding and support for all program alumni, and uh, just generally, you know, supporting the ecosystem where we can. and other in-person exercise businesses are among those that have struggled during the pandemic. I remember months when even my apartment gym was closed. Me too. I know we reported on several entrepreneurs who were having to pivot because of closures. And that's kind of what our story is about today. Jennifer Mullen opened a Columbia Pilates business, Adaptable Pilates and Physical Therapy Studio, mere months before the pandemic hit. But she's managed to expand her business over the past year. That's impressive. What did she do to get her business in such a great spot? Reporter Kelly Coleman spoke with her to find out. All right, guys, you can sit up, put yourself on a red and blue. I'm going to lay back down for feet to The clanking of exercise equipment can be heard throughout Jennifer Mullen's adaptable Pilates and physical therapy studio as she instructs a class. In a large open room with dark wood flooring and mirrors adorning three of the walls, sunlight pours through expansive windows onto six clients practicing Pilates, a form of exercise using specialized equipment to increase mobility and health. Mullen opened her business in September 2019, just a few months before the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. After a brief stint offering online Pilates instruction when the pandemic first hit, she was first able to bring back single sessions, then reorganize her studio to allow for classes to return in person with four attendees. Enough people were wanting to come back for one-to-one that I was able to start um, a business that was built not just on classes, but also on individual appointments. Initially in my, in my original space, I could only have four people in order to be socially distanced. 
Soon, Mullen saw her classes filling up and her waitlist growing long with new clients seeking her services. She either needed more hours in a day or more space to accommodate the growing demand. So initially I had 847 square feet and I knew that was not gonna be adequate for what my vision for the business was. However, um, the universe has its way of making things available to you when you put them out there. So um, I had talked to my landlord about the possibility of expanding into the front space. Mullen was presented with the opportunity to do just that in June when she acquired the space next to hers. She had renovated and connected the two suites by September 2020, nearly a year to the day from when she had purchased the studio. Mullen's studio is among the fitness businesses to not only survive the pandemic, but to expand operations. Many others across the country have not been so fortunate. The International Health, Racket, and Sports Club Association, an industry group, estimated in November that 15% of gyms and fitness studios had closed through the end of the third quarter. A December report from Club Intel, a fitness industry research firm, showed that 18% of facilities were permanently closed, while another 32% were temporarily closed. We're going to start with those feet in parallel, about fist width apart. Spine is neutral or flat on your exhale, lower those feet down toward the well. At Mullen Studio, she runs a practice that encourages growth and recovery rather than fostering dependence on external services in order to feel well. My goal for every one of my physical therapy clients or my Pilates clients is I want to teach you about your body and in the role of physical therapy, I want to give you the tools that you can use on your own so you're not dependent on me. Um, and that's where the empowerment through movement comes in. Empowerment through movement is a resounding theme at Adaptable Pilates and Physical Therapy. It can be seen printed on the wall, on the website, and even on a t-shirt worn by Mullen as she teaches a Pilates class. This phrase, coined by Mullen, has roots in the beliefs of Joseph Pilates, the creator of Pilates. He once said, change happens through movement and movement heals. The expansion of her business allowed Mullen to house six machines, all socially distanced, in the spacious front room of her studio. She's grown her customer base to about 130 active clients, holding both online and in-person Pilates classes, as well as private Pilates and physical therapy sessions. To grow her business during such a tumultuous time, she's had to be adaptable, as the name of her business implies. Normal is always, it's kind of adapting, right? It, it has definitely evolved. Um, a normal day for me um, is teaching anywhere from one to four or five classes, uh, and then usually having three or four private appointments or physical therapy appointments. I tend to start a little bit before eight, and some nights I'm here till seven or eight at night. Expanding her business was part of her five-year plan, which she was able to accomplish within the first year of operations. With that goal accomplished, she looks towards the next one, which is hiring her first employee. I'm really excited to be bringing somebody in who can take over some of the classes so I have more time. Hopefully she won't be the last person I add. Mullen hopes to increase the services that she offers and even create a training center in which fitness specialists can instruct people in niche areas. But for the time being, she is happy with the space that she has built, the community that she has created, and the support she receives from her clients, all while many in her industry have fared worse during the pandemic. 
it's it's been a little bit of a battle, but slowly and surely it's coming around. And every time I get somebody else call me, I'm like, okay, this is good. <laughs> uh, but it still kind of surprises me, you know what I mean? Like that success. Now let's get to the digits of the week, the numbers that matter most in Missouri entrepreneurship. My digit is 5%. 5%? Tell me more. A bill working its way through the Missouri legislature aims to encourage Missourians to start a business by banning non-compete bills and by requiring 5% of Missouri state contracts to go to businesses that are five years old or younger. Representative Travis Fitzwater, who introduced the bill, said it would also establish a state office of entrepreneurship to oversee efforts towards creating new businesses. What digit do you have for us this week? My digit of the week is $285 million. Why $285 million? Ascension Ventures, which is the investment arm of St. Louis-based Ascension Health, has raised $285 million for a new venture fund. Ascension Ventures' latest fund includes 13 health systems as partners. The latest fund is Ascension Ventures' fifth fund since its launch. To date, Ascension Ventures has invested in about 80 health technology startups. That just about concludes our episode. We just seen our closing thought. Here's Phil Budding with Mission Control discussing the importance of managing your expectations in business. Managing your own expectations, you obviously need to sort of hit this spread where if you set them too low, you know, you'll surpass them and then you'll sort of lose motivation. Same deal, if you set them too high, you'll constantly be underperforming and that too will sort of take away from your motivation. Uh, so just kind of making sure that you're setting attainable goals, uh, that push you to be your best. I think that's important. That's all for this week's episode. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Jack Anstein and me, Casey Murray. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.